This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Thank you very much, Rav Moshe. Speaking about Rav Moshe, I want to familiarize you with the name of a Gadol who preceded Rav Eliel Mizrahi. His name was Rav Moshe Kapsali. Rav Moshe Kapsali was born in Crete, in Crete. And he is responsible for many of the Gezeros that were enacted in Crete. He then, then came to Istanbul, Turkey, and he basically had very strong authority. His authority was so strong he had the right to tax the people on behalf of the Sultan. And his power was then taken over by Rebbe Yom Mizrahi. In other words, when Rebbe Yom Mizrahi became the Rav in Istanbul, he was also given the title Rav HaKoylel. Rav HaKoylel is similar to Chacham Bashi. And Rav Eliyahu Mizrahi also was able to have the force of taxation on behalf of the Sultan. We mentioned Rav Eliyahu Mizrahi lived from 1450 to 1525. I want to tell you just a few chidushim of Rav Eliyahu Mizrahi before I get into the history of the Karoim. There's a Rashi in Parshas Devarim. Moshe Rabbeinu translated the Torah, Bayer Heitev. What does Rashi say on the words Bayer Heitev? Rashi says, Shivim Lashainais. Where does Rashi see in the word Heitev, Shivim Lashainais? So, Rabbi Yom Mizrahi is Mechadesh, a new kind of gematria. I call it the Nana Nachman system of gematria. You, go, you do like this, Heitev, Hey, plus Hey Yud, plus Hey Yud Tes, plus Hey Yud Tes Vez, is 70. That's how Rashi knows Shivim Lashainais. 5 plus 15 plus 24 plus 26 is 70. This is a system of gematria. So it's not Breslov, it's Mizrahi. You know, it's different mood. Anyway, Rabbi Mizrahi, as we mentioned, from Tshuva Nunzayin held that it's permitted to teach the Karoim, science, mathematics, grammar, and scriptures. I want to talk a little bit about the history of the Karoim. Where did this movement come from? How did it develop? As Ramosha said, that there is a, an extant shul from the Karam. Actually, the Karam have not really been in, uh, had any significance for about 1500 years. It basically goes like this. In the year 638, there's a man by the name of Bustanai. Bustanai was confirmed as the Reish Galusa. The Reish Galusa was somebody who hailed from the Malchus based David, a descendant of David HaMelech. And the uh, Reish Galusa had absolute power in Bavel. The Reish Galusa had the authority to execute somebody. Every rabbi's dream. No, just joking. So, the Reish Galusa had absolute authority. He was basically king of the Jews. And th- this Reish Galusa's name was Bustanai. Who, is, who confirmed him? Omar. Now listen to this twist of uh, irony, this twist of history. Omar, in the year 650 approximately, defeated Kosoros Kosoros II. Then Omar took Kosoros' daughter and he, he married her. Omar then gave Kosoros' second daughter to Bustanai. So in a twist of irony... Omar and Bustanai, the Reish Kalusa, became brother-in-laws. The problem was this lady wasn't Jewish. But, uh, but Bustanai didn't have a choice. If he refuses Omar, by the way, this is a famous Omar. 
This is the Omar of the 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 uh, mosque of Omar. Is the, the dome of the rock? This is uh, the Omar that gave Bustanai his wife, and Bustanai basically had no choice. If Bustanai is going to refuse Omar, his life is in danger. He would be killed. And he married this woman. She was not a Jewish woman, but according to Rav Shri Ragoin, he was Magaya her, and it was a valid gerus. Now Bustanai had another wife. Bustanai's other wife was a Jewish woman. As you can imagine, now when Bustanai dies, there's going to be a lot of dissension. Who's going to take over as Reish Galusa? The descendants of the Jewish wife or the descendants of the wife who was a Gentile, was converted, and perhaps her, her children are considered more powerful. So this was always a struggle. From the time of Bustanai until the end of the era of the Reish Galusa, there was always a struggle between the descendants of the Persian wife of Bustanai and the Jewish wife of Bustanai. Basically, in the year 670, Bustanai died. He's succeeded by Chizdai. Chizdai is the son of the, the Jewish non-Persian wife. The thing is, Chizdai is very insecure. He's always thinking, he's always looking behind his shoulders, always thinking, you know, maybe the son of the non-Jewish wife is going to claim the reign of the Reish Galusa. So his first step as Reish Galusa is he questions the legitimacy of the conversion of Omar's sister-in-law and that the descendants of Bustanai's non-Jewish wife, he claimed that were not legitimate. Basically, the Goinim had to get involved, and the Goinim Paskin, no, the descendants of Bustanai's non-Jewish wife are legitimate, it was a legitimate conversion, and for many, many decades, there was a dissension between the children of uh, Bustanai's Jewish wife and Gentile wife. Chizdai ruled until the year 690, his son, Shlomo, he took over, and in 730, Shlomo did a very unconventional thing, he appointed as the Goin of Sura, a non-Sura descendant. So this became very controversial. In 760, Shlomo died. Shlomo did not have any sons. So now the Reish Galusa is left up to two nephews of Shlomo. Their names were Anan and Hanania. Anan was brilliant. Anan was creative. Anan was charming. Anan had every Mila. Hanania did not have these qualities. The Ga'oinim of Surah and Pompadisa, they wanted Hanania. Why? Because he's not a threat to them. But Anan was much more talented. So anyway, they convinced the Sultan to appoint Hanania, and that was the official appointing. So Hanania is the next Reish Galusa. The only thing is, Anan was understandably miffed by the appointment of his brother was not as talented as him and he declared himself the next Reish Galusa the problem is the caliph was fuming because Anan was going against his decision so the caliph had Anan arrested and Anan was going to be executed so Anan is up the creek without a paddle and in great desperation he concocted the following theory Anan concocted that him and Hananiah belong to two different religions. Hananiah belongs to Rabbinic Judaism, and he, Anan, belongs to Authentic Judaism. So the case says, what's Authentic Judaism? He says, Authentic Judaism is, we believe in what it says in the, in the Scriptures. We don't have the same religion. 
and the caliph went for it. So Anan was able to save his life by inventing Karaism. And basically it stuck. And that's where the, how the Karaites started. The thing is, it was a stira mene Because without Tarsh Peh, you can't make heads or tails on what the Pesukim say. And it was also a religion that was extremely unpopular. Can you imagine sitting the whole day on Shabbos? What are you going to eat already? You can eat jerky every single Shabbos. Next door, you know, you smell the, the fumes of the Kiddush. You smell the, the Haisa Kegel, the Haisa Chulant. And uh, the Karam had cold food on, food on Shabbos. They had many, many restrictions that were basically unbearable. And uh, Anan himself was a big ascetic. He didn't, he fasted a lot, he slept on the floor. And his version of Judaism was extremely unpopular and unsustainable. But that was the source of Karaism. It lasted for about 200 years until Rav Sadiagoyen basically put an end to it. And even though you still hear vestiges of Karaism today, and for the last 1,000 years, they were basically very insignificant, insignificant, and they had very little power. So this is the, the development of the Kararites. Again, in times of Rabbi Yom Mizrahi, uh, Rabbi Yom Mizrahi held that the Rabbanim were allowed to teach the, these people certain disciplines, whether it's science, mathematics, and other basic Jewish grammar. But the, the Karite movement did not really have uh, continuity, as none of the deviant movements of Judaism for the last 2,000 years. The last 2,000 years, there have been many break-offs of traditional Judaism, whether it's the Karaites, Reform, Conservative, Frankist, Sabadianism, and they all share one thing in common, that they do not have descendants today who are Jewish. So this is a little bit of the history, and it begins uh, here in Turkey, rooted in Babylon. Enjoy the rest of your ride, and uh, we'll, we'll be joining you soon. You've just experienced another Torah class, brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.